The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Break up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! How former angry lead striker Alan Smith helped create an everyday cliche in Korea? Running's coming home. Barry from EastEnders does his bit for the Lionesses. A footballing dissection of the phrase whisper it quietly but. The big Premier League manager or head coach quiz for 2022-23. Who are the most breath of fresh areas team in Premier League history? And a surreal turn for the global cult of Peter Drury. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 177 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me, he's back after five pods away, his longest spell out the data says, since his seven-pod absence in and around August 2021. Charlie Eccleshare, how's it going? Good. It's good to be back. It's been a, it's been a long five episodes, let me tell you. Mm. But, uh, but you've been up to a lot. Yeah. And uh, more on that soon. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll trail that. Yeah. Alongside you for the adjudication panel today is David Walker. How's it going? Very well. To, to kick off, actually... Before we get into the adjudication panel proper, I have an item that I would like you and Charlie to adjudicate on, please. Settle a an ongoing dispute amongst some of my friends. So over the weekend, in one of our WhatsApp groups, uh, one of my mates, Jay, he sent a picture around of a training ground, nondescript training ground, like peering through the fences, saying, lads, I've just come across this training ground today see if you can guess which one it is you can have five questions about it and and have two guesses of what it is right and so i know he lives up in he lives in manchester so i wanted to establish straight away whether it was premier league or efl so i said is it is it an efl club to which he responded no so okay it's a premier league club so i know he lives in manchester so i'm thinking well it's either i don't you know unless he's gone on a trip to liverpool or somewhere i think it must be Manchester City or Manchester United. He lives closer mm. to Man City. So I thought, wait, is it Man City? No. Was it Man United then? No. And then so I was scratching my head and I'm thinking, well, is, it, is he on business? Is it Leeds? Is it Liverpool? Is he, could it, was he somehow down in London? Like what's, I was sort of really coming up short. And he went, I think you're getting tripped up on the fact that the uh, season hasn't started yet and the, the community shield hasn't, hasn't been. What? So I went, so I went, oh, what? So you mean, it's, it's, you're saying it's Burnley? And he was like, yeah, it's Burnley. I said, well, they're an EFL club. They're definitely an EFL club. They've been relegated. Like, And he was like, no, well, the season hasn't started yet. Because, <laughs> so they're not. They're still the Premier No, they're not. No, that's... And then and then everyone else got involved and they were like sending me pictures of like 442 season preview saying, oh, well, you can't preview something that's already begun. And like, <laughs> w- w- there was this ridiculous argument about the semantics of when does the season start, which I actually think is a separate issue from whether a club is in a certain division or not. The two things don't have to twin up. I completely agree with this. There's a long running debate about when last season becomes mm. 
this season or this season becomes next season, all that sort of stuff. And there are many cutoff points for this. Someone might say it's when the league tables officially get reset to zero on various media platforms. That seems to me to be the most sensible way of doing it. July the 1st is a very important date in football administratively. That's okay. But I think the season-centric rules here, Charlie, don't apply. Um, Mm. Once you're relegated, you are a championship club. I mean... You are in both spirit and essentially football-wise because you're not going to be playing a Premier League game anytime soon. Yeah, especially once the fixtures are out. I mean, y- mm. your games are set. You're mm. you're preparing for a championship match. Do you want to come back up? I don't. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, it's not until like until the very until like what the Thursday before the season starts. You're still a Premier League club. It still counts. You know, I, 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 until two fifty nine exactly. p.m. on August the fifth. Like, I think there are there probably is a point at which you can have this debate, but I think we're way uh, we're way past that point. Yeah, Jay's full of shit. <laughs> full of shit, Jay. Well, that leads us nicely into the adjudication panel. Uh, Charlie, you've been in Korea. Yes. And of all the fascinating things that you got involved in over there. This is perhaps the most curious of all and the most relevant for our purposes too. Tell us all about it. Yeah, this is an ama- this is one of my favorite things ever. Um oh. hat tip to James Moore who reminded me of this. That an old um, a former Korean colleague of ours once once told him that there's this um this idiom that's developed in Korea called Leeds days. And essentially what this means is you Leeds days is kind of like the time of your life. Um, yeah. Your right, peak, okay. you know, it's the sort of halcyon period. Salad days, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. And it started out Park Ji Sung when he was playing for Man United. Uh, obviously, there was a big Korean following of the team, and Alan Smith was playing for United at that time. And it became a running joke that he was way better at Leeds than he was at United. And it was a kind of thing like, oh yeah, those were his Leeds days. And now it's become. Uh, an idiom in Korean language where they will use it wow. both both to tease people in a way like you might look at a picture of say an 18 year old Dave and say <laughs> those were your Leeds days mate this you know, is so good sort of like, yeah, you're past your best or I might wistfully be talking about oh yeah that that period when I was at school those those were my Leeds days uh, <laughs> and it's genuinely developed as a thing I mean like it's pretty from from some of the uh, people I was speaking to they were saying of, of a certain generation even if you're not into football you'll know what Leeds days means um, and they do track the d- the days but is translated into Korean generally mm. but it's it's just I I just love when things like this develop organically and that fo- this football phrase can have grown um, on the other side of the world. I just think it's there's something magical about it. There are so many aspects of this which I love. The first first one being just the, the poise of it. I mean, the, the, the practical usage of it, especially, you know, outside of a football context, is just looking at an old picture of someone. So the, the way that it's just moved between those two spheres. Secondly, that the obscure, relatively obscure origins of it. I mean, it's very charming that it went from sort of Leeds United to Korea, which I know obviously the 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 Park Ji Sung connection helped it along. But I love the fact that it came from not a massively important um, footballing event. And then the the third thing is that it actually means the opposite to what we call doing a Leeds. It's it's the opposite effect of where doing a Leeds is something you know things plummeting from grace. Mm. Mm. And uh, it means the opposite. It's fantastic. And you're you're here as well because when James mentioned this, he you know I 
took it upon myself. I wanted to ask some Koreans about it to, to see if this really was a thing. And but I was yeah. just so surprised and kind of I, I didn't quite believe it until I spoke to a couple and they they explained it to me. So do like lots of people know about it in Korea? Everybody knows. Of Everyone it. knows about it. Yeah. That is so, so even, funny. Even even those people who doesn't know anything about Leeds, yeah. they know this expression. <laughs> How do you say it in Korea? Do they say Leeds days or do they say it in Korea? Leeds Leeds Caesar. In Korean it says Leeds Caesar. Caesar means period. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. This period, this time. So would like, would your parents know what it means? Not, not, not for old people. But for younger people. Yeah, yeah. They would all know what it means. From, from twenty, uh, from teenagers, on. I mean, I think maybe forty or even fifty years old. Those people would understand all that. It's just the fact that it's Alan Smith as well. I, and not at all pivotal figure mm. in English football history, modern or otherwise. And to has be the shaped of this. the Korean language. It's incredible. I lo- like you. I love how this has happened and how this continues to happen. It is it's an absolute treat. Similar effect on me, this. This is from Ben Stevens, who seemingly spent six hours of one of his days watching county championship cricket commentary on YouTube. Um, this is from uh, the county championship clash between Gloucestershire and Hampshire. And uh, Hampshire ticking along 73 without loss. And I wanted to kind of gently take the piss out of this commentary, but the reality of it is that they sound just like us. The other one I want to include there is, uh, is a guy playing at the moment, he's an Australian, who sounds more like a, a hotel than a cricketer, and goes by the name of Hilton Cartwright. <laughs> there is Chapel in, again, Horn defends. Well, the, 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 the line that a, a good friend of ours, Dave Bradley, used to, used to come up with was, um, could you name motorway service stations who might have been cricketers? So, Taunton Dean, for example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ta- would Taunton Dean have been a... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, or t- would, would Taunton Dean have been a, uh, a, a, a potential service station? Potentially. Potentially, yeah. That, that's a good one. Um, Newport Pagnell? Yeah, Newport Pagnell, <laughs> potentially. There isn't one at Frampton Cottrell, but there <laughs> could be one. Yeah. This is nice, isn't it, Dave? Nice to see people engaging in the sort of granular, yeah. quaint, twee. I think they could do with chat. a little bit of an edit, to be, to be honest, but I, I like the spirit of it for sure. Well, you've got, you've got to fill the time. It's six hours, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything goes. Anything goes. Um, Charlie, just that's right up our street, isn't it? I, I, I think we should start doing footballers that sound like service stations too. It is, yeah. I hope we don't make the same self-satisfied laughs after them, but we probably do. <laughs> To mm. be honest, think, that yeah, was very we, cricket, wasn't it? We that do, laugh? Mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great laugh. Um, <laughs> let's stay away from football uh, for a little while longer. Um, Stephen writes in and says, "I heard someone on BBC's Athletics coverage saying Nafi Tm, the heptathlete, has strength in depth." Dave, how do you feel about that for an individual? I, I think it's absolutely perfect. Uh, well, I suppose it does. Yeah, I mean, if they're doing if they're doing seven events, you, you sort of you. Is it not? Is it? Is it not a given that you that you've, you should be pretty good at most of them? Or, well, or them no, I, th- I think that is a thing. There are quite a lot of heptathletes who do have a sort of clear weakness. Um, I think someone like Katharina Johnson Thompson would fit into that category. I mean, you might you might describe them as an all rounder. That's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Or yeah, um, or maybe yeah, if they are, but if they're the, 
I suppose if they're an all round, an all rounder suggests that maybe you're very good at everything, mm. but you're it's a bit jack, jack of all, all trades. Yeah, sure. Whereas strength in depth could mean that you actually, by far and away, the best in five of the seven of the of the categories, the disciplines. I do quite like that idea because it's almost as if you. In the same way you would pick a team and you can pick from various different things, you can almost, you're so good as a heptathlete, you can say, I'm really going to focus on my energies on this event because I feel I'm sort of strong enough in that that I don't need to put everything into it. So it's almost like, you know, they're going to be like team news for her at the start of uh, <laughs> the start of each event where she's kind of revealing how much effort she's going to put in to the various systems. the options she's got available. Exactly, yeah. But you yeah. need that. It's a squad game now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's stick with athletics. I love, love, love this. Sorry to go all Greg Wallace on you, but I loved it. Um, this is from Glyn Jones. Um, Jake Whiteman was a surprise 1,500-meter gold medalist for Team GB at the World Championships in Oregon last week. The further twist was that his dad, Jeff, was the in-stadium commentator for the event. And uh, this is from the report from the Times. Up in the stands, Whiteman Sr. remained impressively composed, even if not entirely impartial. Running, it's coming home, he declared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the ancient Greeks will have something to say about this, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, marathon etc they want a word we didn't invent but, running did but, we no i mean we it, didn't <laughs> no but also it aren't the um the world championship being held in oregon which is is that not like sort of kind of the home Nike of running yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah that yeah exactly it feels like it's sort of already home yeah we're not even in the top five in the queue for does it for being the home of running surely yeah exactly I you've got your kenyas your ethiopias yeah your oregons where else Mm, Jamaica. Well, ru- well running, yeah. yeah, USA and Jamaica, yeah. Yeah, all the big ones. Other powerhouses. Yeah, absolutely. But, I, yeah, just wonderful. And um, by, by all accounts, a very professional guy and obviously had a very important job to do. But uh, if you're going to lose it, lose it in that way, as far as I'm concerned. Um, let's get back to football, though. Dave, are England really a major tournament until this happens? Ah, <laughs> oh, he's made it his own. So yes, this is of course Sean Barry from Eastenders Williamson at Box Park Croydon, I assume. Charlie, this is like a residency now. This is like Celine Dion in Las Vegas. <laughs> the amazing thing is, I couldn't even on that clip. I couldn't even see him because he, he was so in the distance. But as soon as it's, you know, I mean, his uh, his style is so it's just amazing. It's so familiar, um, inimitable. He'll never um, beat the bowls. That appearance at the bowls, but <laughs> just one of the greatest moments in British culture. Genuinely, concert, yeah, yeah, incredible, Dave. Um, might have to put this clip out on Twitter, but the uh, the pyrotechnics, the sort of slightly pathetic <laughs> pyrotechnics behind him, just look like two sparklers on oh, Guy Fawkes night. It is tragic, really, in a lot of ways. I, I assume that was before the game. I think. Yeah, it must have been. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like there was sort of a handful of people were sort of doing the so good, so mm. good fist pumps. Most people were just sort of getting on, eating their massively overpriced burger and chips before yeah. going to the or before watching the game or whatever they were doing i mean poor old barry he's got <laughs> to do it hasn't he really but sweet caroline it's already been done to death 
When's yeah. it ever going to end? Is that just going to be it now forever? We're going to have Sweet Caroline. All because of one... The brilliant thing about it was its spontaneous moment at England v Germany in the Euros last 16 last year. Now it's just, hap- it's just like every sporting event, no matter what it is, it's just got to play Sweet Caroline before, during and after. But it yeah. was already, by then, it was already a big thing at the boxing, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. every, every yeah. big fight. But, I mean, how, how in on the joke do we think Barry is? I mean, does he know, when he gets those bookings, does he know it's... I for gag purposes, so. and he's just like, you know, he's a good Well, he was on extras, it. wasn't he? he was, which I think, yeah, yeah. Which denotes a, a base level of self-awareness. But no, I, I don't think he's he's um, he's got any delusions of grandeur about this at all. But yeah, it, there, but there's definitely a residency situation going on there. Fair play to him. I hope he's getting well rewarded for it. Um, Charlie, I've been really looking forward to confronting you with this because I feel like it's right up your street. Um, I want to talk about the occasional football journalism device of the phrase, whisper it quietly, but. <laughs> now, I only, say, I only say it's up your street for two reasons. One, I think you know exactly what we're talking about here. And two, I have a strong suspicion that you may have used it at some point. That's fine Ooh, if you have. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're I... very whisper it quietly, butty, I have to say. You... No, I'm not whisper it quietly, but. <laughs> you are, you, well, you're very much a more on that later. I, I admit I'm so a more on that later. you might be a whisper it no, quietly, No, no, I, 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 I think more on that later serves a purpose because it's sort of trailing something. Uh, I... And it's sort of, you might, if someone doesn't read the whole thing, they might think like, oh, he, he, you know, he dealt with that pretty cursorily. Whereas it's letting the reader know, like, don't worry, we will come back to this. Okay, that's Wh- fine. Whisper it quietly, <laughs> no, I'm not. And, and it, it is, you're right, you're right to bring it up. I'm amazed you haven't talked about it before because it is a, it's a big, uh, it's a big old, it's had a big increase in the last few years that was suddenly mm. everywhere. But, okay, uh, you, you took that in reasonably good grace, actually, uh, you, with just the right amount of offence. But, um... Dave, when you see or read the phrase, whisper it, <laughs> optionally, quietly, but what sort of things are being whispered here? What sort of sentiments are being are being got across? Is it pejorative or I don't think it is. I think it's sort of vaguely complimentary. Is it sort of whisper it quietly, but something might be happening here? Yeah, it's yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Whisper it quietly, but player X is starting to really impress yeah, down yeah, there at yeah, Dean yeah. Court. Yeah. Or, or a manager, you know, whisper it quietly. Or owners. I think it's often about ownership. So mm. there's a really so wh- wh- whisper it quietly, but the 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 much maligned owners of Club X have, have actually yeah, yeah. whisper you know, it quietly. Quiet, whisper it quietly, but you know what? The Venkies have actually really knuckled <laughs> yeah, down. That's it. This you, I think you've nailed it here. And um, it's it's someone doing a better job than might have been expected, but also with a hint of controversy. So like that, we all thought they were going to be terrible mm. for this football club. Uh, we all thought they were going to be a real poison, a real poisoned presence. But no, they're really turning it around. So, yeah, I mean, but also, do we have to say quietly? Do you have to whisper it quietly, Charlie? Yeah, Can true. you just say, mm, that whisper it? That is tautologist. Um, <laughs> but I guess, I guess it really hammers the point home that you really want to... Re- I mean, and, and also what I find slightly annoying sometimes with the whisper it quietly is that it's not a particularly controversial take. Yeah, yes, so that's be like, absolutely why, right. Why, why do I need to whisper that quietly or otherwise? Like... Isn't everyone sort of now in agreement about this? Mm. You know, like, whisper it quietly, but is Sweet Caroline a bit overplayed at sporting <laughs> events? Like, you don't need to whisper that. Everyone agrees with you, clearly. So would you say, on average, Charlie, that it's it's a less controversial take than if you prefaced it with, is it just me, but... Mm. Which is which has taken a rather gammony thing anyway, hasn't it? Yeah. But you wouldn't gammony, you wouldn't gammonise, whisper it quietly, but would you? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> 
there's also whisper it quietly but the French are definitely <laughs> to blame for all the blockages yeah, yeah exactly there's also that thing isn't there is like is it okay to like you know is it okay to like someone yet like is it okay to admit that X is doing a good job yet mm. which is the I've same got... sort of thing I know what you mean I've just I've just typed whisper it quietly in quote marks into Twitter and the first one I've seen is whisper it quietly but Jack Grealish has looked class in preseason. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rubbish whisper it quietly. Just say it. It's fine. There's nothing to whisper. That's insane. Really do need to set some standards here. We we will revisit this at some point. I I've got another one from uh, um, a chap called James who's quote tweeting um a signing announcement from Doncaster Rovers saying, whisper it quietly, we might not be terrible this season. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's more along the right lines, I would say. Do you know what there could be? By the end of this transfer window, there could be a whisper it quietly, but have United actually done some quite smart business? Mm, because mm. they're so maligned for their transfer dealings. It obviously started off really slowly and everyone was like, they haven't signed anyone. But actually, whisper it quietly and they've, I think they've done some quite shrewd yeah. work. It goes very much hand in hand with shrewd business mm, exactly this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Right, we were talking earlier, Dave, about what really is the kind of real bookmark for a start of the season. This might be it. It's the publication of the official Premier League handbook, which contains all the information you could possibly want to know for all 20 Premier League clubs. I did what I always did and went in and and tried to find the most overqualified groundsman of all 20 Premier League clubs. Uh, it was much of a much, and it's not much has changed over the last 12 months or so, but I, I can reveal that whilst most clubs, Dave, call their ground staff ground staff or groundspeople or groundsmen, Arsenal, they've taken it up a notch. Oh, no. 
Theirs is called Head of Horticulture and Playing Surface Operations. No. <laughs> Horticulture. They've Amazing. not got flowers on the pitch. Playing Surface Operations. <laughs> Grass blade alignment. Are all those words in true football style capitalised as well? Absolutely of the, of the right. Okay, yeah, good. as all job titles really shouldn't be. Fantastic stuff. Well done to Paul Ashcroft for engineering that in your next uh, in your next con- contract negotiation. Fantastic. Um, but what also dawned on me is that I, this might be unprecedented. I've got no inclination to go back and check in previous handbooks. But in 2022-23, there is an equal split in the Premier League between managers and head coaches. Ooh. 10 and 10. So I thought, let's have a quiz. So you will go first, Dave Walker, AFC Bournemouth, Scott Parker, head coach or manager? Head coach. Correct. Charlie Ecosher, Arsenal's Mikel Arteta. Manager. Yes, indeed. First team manager. Dave, Aston Villa's Steven Gerrard. Oh, I've got a feeling it might be. He is obviously old school manager, but I've got a feeling they might have the head coach structure. I'm going to go head coach. Correct. 2-1 Dave Walker. Charlie, Brentford's Thomas Frank. Oh, that's a tricky one because he's senior enough to be manager, but they're also so analytics-y and all of that that I feel they'd all have quite bespoke specific titles. Brentford head coach Thomas Frank. I'll go head coach. Yeah, of course he is. Of course he is, yeah. Uh, 2-2. Dave, over to Brighton and Hove Albion's Graham Potter. Oh, you're really choosing... The borderline ones, aren't you? Um, <laughs> oh, do I go with three head coaches in a row? Brighton head coach Graham Potter, Brighton manager. But for beleaguered Brighton manager. <laughs> oh, I'm going to stick with head coach. Yeah, you're right. It's 3-2. Yeah. Charlie, Chelsea's Thomas Tuchel. Head coach. 3-3. Three, three. Dave, Crystal Palace's Patrick Vieira. Uh, I'm going to go manager. Oh, 4-3. Well wow. done, Dave. Charlie, Everton's Frank Lampard. Head coach. Manager. Ah, yes, that was, come on. I had to say, I thought that would be a slam dunk. Dave retains a 4-3 lead going into Fulham's Marco Silva. Fulham's head coach, Marco Silva. 5-3. Charlie leads his Jesse Marsh. Marsh. American citizen. Manager. Oh, 5-3 it remains. Oh, of course oh, he's man. a head coach. What are you doing? I basically am just like, I feel like there are lots of managers still left out there. Because they all seem to have been head coaches, so I thought I'd play play the numbers. Five episodes out, he is rusty as hell. Um, 5-3, Dave, Leicester City's Brendan Rodgers. I think he's manager. 6-3. Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp, Charlie. He must be manager. 6-4. Manchester City's Pep Guardiola, Dave. I think he's manager. 7-4. Flawless Mm -hmm. from you so far. Manchester United's Eric Ten Hag. Head coach. Manager. Really? Seven, He's so recent. I just thought any big club now would. I know. I, 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 I was Fergie wouldn't that. allow for United to have a head coach, would he? I actually speculate that might well be the case. Dave, Newcastle United's Eddie Howe. Steve Bruce can't have been head coach, but have they changed it? When Eddie Howe came in, I'm going to go head coach. 8-4. Just while I was listening to the excellent episode on the Olympics, the Team GB, I thought he would be such a good manager for that team. He's earnest, he's thoughtful. Crucially, he's so BBC, like, oh. which the Olympics is so BBC. And I could just picture Gabby Logan or someone to be like, it's not bad, this is it. And he'll be like... That's a good shout. And he'll be like, yeah. listen, it's been... Uh, it's exceeded all my expectations as he sort of looks out at the crowd. 
He's very Olympics actually. He could do a so clean He could be like a sailor or something. Exactly. Yeah. He's quite middle distance, I think. He could be a heptathlete. Good strength and depth. Eddie Howe will lead GB off in the 4x400 metre <laughs> yeah. relay. Anyway, don't try and distract yeah, from the fact you're getting pummeled in the yeah. manager or head coach quiz, Charlie. Um, Nottingham Forest's Steve Cooper. Manager. 8-5. Southampton's Ralph Hasenhuttle. Head coach. He's a manager. Oh. Charlie can pull it back to 8-6. Davis with, human after all. With Tottenham Hotspurs, Antonio Conte. Head coach. Yes, 8-6. I believe. Dave, West Ham United's David Moyes. Manager. 9-6. We might as well round things off with Charlie Wolverhampton Wanderers, Bruno Large. Make it respectable. I mean, my instinct is head coach just because, you know, it's a manager who has no say in transfers and things like that. So I'll go head coach. And if it isn't, it's a joke because he is only the head coach. <laughs> it's Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't think there was any doubt in that whatsoever. 9-7. Okay. Dave takes it, easing up on the line there. Hmm. Um, very rusty preseason form for you, Charlie. But let's not read too much into it, really. It's um, it's not, yeah, it's it's not early the days. results, just the performance, which also yeah. was shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's just minutes. It's just minutes in the legs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Minutes in the legs. <laughs> not even under the belt, man. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Love this one. This is from uh, George Culkin and Chris Woff's athletic long read on the parallels between Newcastle's 1992-93 season and their current state 30 years on. There's a sense of hope around St. James's. And uh, Charlie, one of the voices for this piece was John Beresford, former Newcastle left back. Mm-hmm. And he says that the change has been amazing. So let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it's exciting times. All I ask for is to have a right good go in the cups. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I would put that in the top three sort of beyond parody Newcastle. Yeah. Chat, just yeah, yeah, below. Yeah. They love a number nine up here. So was he? <laughs> so he is talking there about the present day. He's not saying yeah, yeah. that was the view back in '92. Uh, no. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if if that would be in my manager's intray, if I if I was taking over Nuka, I would just the intray would be say you're up for the cups, even if you're mm-hmm. not. Like yeah. that, that is just absolutely critical I realise it's an understandable thing to aim for Dave for a fan base and, and maybe a club too but just the, the flippant nature of just have a good go in the cups have a have a right good go at the cups <laughs> cups are hard yeah. like, they're not just easy they're not just like eight games and you've won two trophies harder City, than they win them every season team. yeah, yeah. It's, it's arguably harder than it's ever been to get to a final of a cup let alone win it because routinely the, the, set, the FA Cup semi-finals in particular are City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, maybe Arsenal. Like it's that's the way it goes. And if you're lucky, you know, and if you do somehow manage to get through, you don't want to play City in the FA Cup final at Wembley. Trust me. Yeah, it's not worth it. But I mean, as I was as I was saying to my wife Charlie the other night, I said this year I just want to have a right good go at the national lottery. <laughs> right good go. <laughs> really prioritise. Take it serious. All the best numbers out yeah. every week. <laughs> Stop resting all the best numbers. <laughs> So good. Right. Um, next up, uh, Dave, I have I got a career path for you? Via Reggio, Pisa, Brescia, Napoli, Sampdoria, Siena, Pisa on loan, Lecce, back to Pisa, Pontedera, currently at 10th tier, Northern Counties Eastern League's outfit, Beverly Town. That, David Walker, is Daniele Manini, who... 
at this stage oh, oh god of course yeah let let's just point out at this stage he has the most made up italian name for yeah. like dream team already <laughs> I, yeah. I i i'd never heard of him i have to say um, but it is a very italian footballery name but charlie he's a 38 year old italian midfielder former winger with brescia napoli sampdoria et al he was out walking his dog cuz he um he's moved to um east yorkshire to work as a sales executive for a food ingredient supplier and he was out walking his dog, encountered the chairman of Beverly Town, Mark Smith, and is now playing for them. Wow. <laughs> At 200 Serie A appearances, and he's now playing in the 10th series. He's only 38. He's going to be unreal, right? The, the, he's going to be unbelievably good. You're right. This is a very dream team sort of scenario, playing out in real life. What an interview he'll be, by the yeah, way. I, honestly, we need desperately need to get hold of him. If we don't do it... No one else will. <laughs> <laughs> no one else will, yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, looking forward to see. I just want to go down there and see just how much better he is than everybody else in the 10th tier of English football. But yeah, one to watch, no doubt. Nottingham Forest, very newsworthy in recent Championship days. Championship club, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. <laughs> According to Jay, probably. Don't get us in trouble with the Forest fans. They are very, very alert at the moment. But they played a Hertha Berlin in a pre-season friendly the other day, Dave. And they went 2-0 up and their Twitter account tweeted out the following. It's 2 Awanui's pressure forces Jarstein into an error before Lyle picks out the back of the net with a fantastic finish from the edge of the area. Forest fan David Marples writes here says, Can one pick out the back of the net? Feels more conventional to find the back of the net. One tends to pick out a teammate with a long raking ball. He's bang on, is he? You can't pick out the back of the net. Absolutely. He's completely nailed it. Yeah. Find the back of the net, pick out a long pass. Or or pick your spot. You by could pick by your all spot. means pick your spot. Yeah, but you're not picking out a spot. And, and uh, you can't pick out the top corner or anything. I think there's not no. even precise parts no. of the goal count. You could Charlie. have, I think you could have like hits the back of the net, slams it into the back of the net. Yeah, sure. All of those are fine. Yeah. Mm, I'm not having it. Um, <laughs> it's a subtle one, but nonetheless, really wanted to do it. Um, I tweeted the other day, Charlie, that there was huge pressure on Steve Cooper's Nottingham Forest to be this season's official Premier League breath of fresh air. Mm. Because I feel like it's mandatory. If they fail... We may need to look elsewhere for a breath of fresh air, perhaps even internally. There were some suspicions that, that Crystal Palace could, could be a breath of fresh air, um, having left the Roy Hodgson era. Mm. Um, they sort of were that last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, mm. but, it, but Dave Kevin Williams posed the ultimate question here. Which team has been the freshest of breath of fresh air teams in the Premier League era? I'm biased, he says, but it has to be Bielsa's Leeds in 2021. Uh, I, th- I I put them up there. I put them up there in the top three breaths of yeah. fresh air. They were definitely, yeah, they're definitely up there. Um, I think Ipswich, that team that came up in 2000, 2001 and came fifth that season. Fifth, yeah. Because they played well. They obviously got amazing results, but they also, it felt like they played pretty good football at yeah. that time. Marcus mm. Stewart. They, exactly, yeah. Marcus but Stewart, I, Matty Holland. Dave, I think, it's, I think it's easy to fall into a trap here of just saying any team who've come up for the first time are breaths of fresh air. Barnsley, mm. not having them as a breath no. of fresh air. Any team who were in the first Premier League season, by definition, couldn't have been a breath of fresh air. Everyone was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I don't know. Are we, do, are we being too Premier League-centric here? You could have been a breath of fresh air compared to 91-92. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not It's not a default setting. I think you have to have something distinct about you. I think, I think playing good football or playing football in a slightly different way, surprising way. So Carefree. I think, I think Sheffield fear. United... With their overlapping yes. centre backs yes. a few seasons ago, were a breath of fresh air. Bang on! I Swansea, 2011-12. Yeah, yep. Brendan Rodgers played great football with Joe Allen and Leon Britton and all of that. Very. I, I actually think they're 
they're possibly up there right at the very top. I also offer you Ian Holloway's Blackpool. Yeah. Yes. 2010-11. I think you uh, do need... I think it's, it's important to retain something of the underdog about you. So I think the reason that Forrest... You know, Forrest are in danger of giving that all up by signing so many players. By mm. buying, can you be a breath of fresh air if you've bought Jesse Lingard? It does muddy the waters a little bit. <laughs> a, a philosophical question that's been plaguing people itse- sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it does still lend itself to positive football, though, doesn't it? I, I, I th- even if you splash a bit of cash, yeah. I still think that you can you can be a breath of fresh and, air. And I think Steve Cooper is very breath of fresh yes. airy as well. Yeah. And yep. also to add a point of what a job he's doing up there. Oh God, he's he's so in that. But I but I think what's important as well, linking back to Beresford's giving it a good go. I think that's really important. And so you so sometimes it's a team because it it doesn't have to be newly promoted. It can't like Palace last season. It can be one that's just come on a long way. You sure? Well, so I'll t- I'll give you an example of one that I think might. This is quite niche in a way. But in 2014-15, Southampton were like up in the top four spots around January and they went and beat United at Old Trafford. And I think you might have said, you know what, they've been a breath of fresh air. We're used to having the same teams in the top four every season. We've got this team coming up. They're giving it a go. They're taking on the big boys. They've been a breath of fresh air for me. I know what you mean. And the sentiment is absolutely right. I mean, it should only be a footballing thing. But I also think there's a huge part of this, Dave, is about being new and being sort of just a new thing to look at but sometimes uh, as well as be being a, something to breathe in. <laughs> a new manager can sometimes do that, though. As yeah, well. I th- you're probably right. But yeah, um, also Brighton as well when they first came up. <sighs> Breath of Fresh Air. Bournemouth under Eddie Howe. Yeah, Brighton, Brighton, Eddie Howe. I don't think I'm Brighton not sure Brighton were, because Brighton didn't do anything particularly spectacular. Oh, they yeah, because this was the Hewton era, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair well, enough. What about like, Wolves finished seventh, didn't they, in their season when they came up under Nuno? But I don't, mm. think, I don't feel they were like Breath of Fresh Air, really. But again, they, that's because they had players... But they had yeah. players who were just were clearly too good for the championship. Yeah, it, exactly. Like you say, it wasn't the the sort of wow, this is amazing. They're like massively punching above their yeah. weight. Fair enough, but yeah, I, a, a nice little dig into that concept because it really did need our attention. Um, so did this. I know um, last week we spoke about the butcher of Amsterdam, Dave. Uh, yep. Lissandro Martinez signing for Manchester United. I couldn't ignore this, though, from Simon Constantini, who absolutely nailed this pretend quote. I, I, and we almost need Charlie to read it out, but I'm going to say it anyway. He says, Is there a more catnip to the proper football men signing this summer than five foot nine, untested in the Premier League, manager's pet centre-half Lissandro Martinez? Can already imagine the, if I'm a striker, standing next <laughs> to him in the tunnel, I'm licking my lips. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? I have to admire the work, Charlie. That that yes, that is absolutely. I'm I'm sorry. Look, I, I know the game's I'm changed, sorry. but there there are basics. That, and yeah, that is that is absolutely spot on. <laughs> I just can't wait for him to be out jumped at a corner and Keezy to get into that. Oh my god! Can I, you imagine? I, what was it? Five foot five foot six? Five, five foot seven? <laughs> Andy, five, you were a striker, nine, I believe. <laughs> uh, it, anyway, uh, Andy, oh. two words for you, Fabio. Cannavaro. <laughs> Be in sports, of course. Oh, that's yes. it. That's going to seal the deal. That's it. Diplomatic immunity for anybody under five foot nine. Right. Uh, let's. He let's could jump, some... hey, mate. Though you know, but <laughs> let's deal with some preseason matters. Tottenham, you may have seen Charlie uh, overcame Rangers two one Ibrox, but not. Some reports said after suffering an early scare. You can't have an early scare in a friendly, can you? <laughs> No, I don't think so. Not when it's all about minutes on the legs, etc., etc. No, no, early scares too much. But Dave, furthermore, Sam writes in 
An early scare after 24 minutes. That's too late for an early scare, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're past the halfway point in the first half. Mm. I mean, that's still technically a scare in a competitive game, but not an early scare. Um, it could have been a scare. Survived a scare. Yeah. This is very much an elephant in the preseason room, Charlie, but it's time for us to finally address it. Goody11 writes in and says, I can't believe we have to have this debate every summer, but one, a goal in a friendly by a new signing is not their first goal for the club. Now... I'm. I want to. I want to kind of get into the nuance of the language here. It is their first goal for their new club. Absolutely fine. It's their first goal in the club shirt. That's also very good for preseason. Very acceptable. Um, I would even accept club a goal colours. on their debut. Anything. Uh, debuts are fine for preseason. I, I'm no issue with that. All I would say is I would not accept uh, new signing X has opened their account for their new club because opening your account is an official thing it's an official goal tally or or, or it implies an official goal tally which obviously friendlies don't count towards so I think that's the line can we agree though that even if you can say debut now in a pre-season friendly whatever we don't have to say competitive debut or whatever on the opening Premier League weekend we can just say debut again because uh, it's surely understood that they might have played some preseason friendlies, but it's still their debut. I don't think we have to be saying competitive debut. I think people can just accept that. Yeah. You okay. know, they they may have played before, but you know, because no one's going to remember exactly. If, if you're recalling, say, Erling Haaland scoring a hat trick on his debut for Manchester City, if somebody pipes up and went, well, actually, yeah. actually, he scored one in a preseason friendly against mm. New York City FC in the Yankee Stadium. Like, that that, that wouldn't be... He's getting slapped know, down, not you. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's fine to, I still think it's fine for them to be debuts. They're organised games. They have referees. And in some cases, they're part of sort of, you know, some tenuous Cups. named tournament like mm. the Soccer Champions Tour or something like that. I, I think they're games. And in which case, they're debuts. So no issue I, there. I remember a few seasons ago, I was at a game with, uh, with John Motson, of all people. There was some confusion o- over whether it was Jamie Vardy's like landmark goal, for the 100th mm. goal or something. And, it, and it was, there was a bit of confusion over whether the Community Shield counted. OK, yes. That that is a really good. I remember that this is a being. Tricky one. Yeah, I remember mm. this being raised. I did a piece once on a player, and it was like one hundred up, and you know, breaking down the goals or whatever. And someone did say like, "Oh, so you're including Community Shield, are you?" I think I think your find is actually on ninety nine. And I hadn't actually realised it was just everyone was including the Community Shield, Opta, and uh, whoever else. But it did. I did think, mm, does that count? It, technically, it a competitive match, I suppose. Well, friendly, trophy, friend, isn't friendly it? in spirit, but competitive. I don't mind Community Shield being on paper. Involved. Yeah, I uh, think it counts. Yeah, I, 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 it was more. I just hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, I, I think on balance, it's it should be. Yeah, I think spiritually and officially, it's all it's all right. Elsewhere in preseason, this is just fantastic. I mean, one thing we didn't cover in the all the different types of preseason Premier League friendly was the one that ends up in a twenty-two man brawl. But this is a perfect example of it. Uh, Wolves preseason tour briefly descended into chaos on Thursday as a series of flare-ups in their behind-closed-doors friendly against Levante led to four red cards. So Yerson Mascara, Dave, and Daniel Podence were both shown red cards before half-time. Uh, Levante also had two players sent off, so it was nine versus nine at the start of the second half. Then the referee just said, oh, you can play 11 versus 11. So we're not counting any of this in official tallies, that's for sure. But the best part of all of this, the whole game, everything that happened, the chaos, the squaring up, was dubbed... The Battle of Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this meets the threshold for Battle of. No, I don't think you're getting a long read about it in, in 15 years' time, are you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, that's preseason matter to take care of. I, I really don't want to talk about preseason friendlies ever again, but I do want to end the episode with this. The cult of Peter Drury really is bigger than most people would imagine. To play us out this week, this is from TikTok account Nuno Deman, and it is really rather surreal. POV. You ask Peter Drury how his meal is. Is everything all right for you, sir? Oh, but where to begin? The astounding Arancini, the rich rice coated in crispiness, was a superb starter, followed by the luscious Linguini Gambaroni, whose powerful prawns penetrated my panging belly with a plum. Exquisite. And the dreamlike dessert of cannoli, the scintillating Sicilian dish, was the crown jewel of this immaculate Italian meal. And with a piercing Pinot Grigio to watch it all down, I dare say that this is the pinnacle of fine dining. Bellissimo! Um, really not much more to add to that. Just um, just absolutely terrifying um, the status <laughs> at which Peter Drury has, has reached. David Walker, thanks to you for joining the adjudication panel. Thank you. Charlie, welcome back. Thank Don't you. We... Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad I could do some cliches work out in Korea. Yeah, uh, good to know you understood what your real purpose was yeah, out there. Fantastic. Exactly, yeah, always yeah. on. Yeah, don't leave it so long next time, please. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.